if they do shield on Kranidos next month, I'll cry. I'll there's, just there's there's no chance just because but if they is also next did month. if they did I'll just make a string of social posts just hailing you as the <laughs> as the seer that you are. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Be sure to brush your teeth after all the candy during this upcoming raid weekend. A 50% Stardust change affected 100% of the battling community. Hundos, Shundos, and Nundos aside, Gibble Community Day was a blast. Slowpoke, now with 100% more Galarian flavoring. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 148. It's June 8th, yet another wonderful, hot and humid Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, how's it going over there? Uh, You know, we're slowly melting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes yes we we sure are i went out for a walk uh not about an hour ago and uh the entire time my body was like why are you why are you walking and yet it feels like you're swimming through a pool right now 52 percent humidity will do that to you although i'm looking forward to uh to some cooler temperatures later this week perhaps who knows anyway uh before we get started here shout out to a brand new patron of ours Batik, thank you so much for your patronage. We appreciate you and your support and looking forward to getting to know you in the Discord better. More about Patreon, patronage, and our patron Discord at the end of the show. But between here and there, we've got a whole episode to do. So without further ado, I suppose we should just dive in. First thing is, of course, Kyle, you and I, we set some goals last week and it did include our shiny goals for Gibble Community Day, which was this past weekend. We will talk yep. about Gibble Community Day in short order, but aside from our shiny goals, let's see how we did with the other ones. So, 3 million experience, Kyle. Did you do it? I did not. You were probably pretty close, though. I, I got 2 million. Nice. So, not bad, but not what I wanted. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, 45 GBL matches. No, I did not do that. I just, it just didn't happen. Let's go with that. <laughs> How close did you get? Uh, not very. I think I only did like 20 this week. It just didn't happen. No, mm-hmm. no particularly good reason. I wanted to do it. Just busy you, with you other stuff. You wanted to want to do it. <laughs> I, I was just busy with other stuff. That's fair enough. Fair enough. And a shiny Registeel. Did you snag one? No. Oh, boy. I tried. Okay, well, not that hard because not a lot of people raiding it, but I still tried. I saw you popping into any any old Registeel raid that you might have seen. Uh, any that I was available to, I did. Right, right. Uh, well, oh, you also had a shiny goal. I guess we could probably talk about that. Did you at least get thirty shiny Gibble? I did. Excellent. That's a one out of four. Nicely done. <laughs> Nicely done. Standard. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I wanted to be here today with 6.25 million dust. Jeez. I'm proud to say that that is not the case because I actually spent some this week. I'm at 6.05, which is 
not close enough, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, two million experience. I did that and then some two million, some change. 50 eggs. Yes, I did 79 as of the Adventure Sync update screen yesterday. So that one's done. And 25 GBL. Yes, I've done exactly 25 GBL matches uh, this week. So there you are. And then I, because of Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I had set a shiny goal of 51 shiny gibble. And I'm sad to say that was not the case. He tried his hardest. He did. I, I certainly did. We'll talk about it in a moment here. But three out of five for me. Although the Stardust one, I'm not too salty about. I'm, I'm happy with the investment that I made. Um, So, Gibble Community Day. It was a scorcher by us. <laughs> it was unreasonably warm and humid, although the first couple of hours were, were rather pleasant. We had a small group of friends that met up in the Chicago Botanic Gardens, and it was gorgeous. Many thanks to all of you that made the trek out and that showed up and we were able to hang out with. It was very, very fun. Um, and then we decided to make a, a change of venue and went to an indoor mall not 30 minutes away from there uh, to kind of play the rest of the day in relative air conditioned comfort. Although <laughs> didn't stop us from sweating a whole lot. Anyway, <laughs> I'll tell you what. So Kyle, uh, how many shinies did you get and what was your general experience for the day? I got 39 shinies, which was very surprising to me because it felt like I was not encountering very many as the day went on but I had strings of, of good luck. So there's that other than the fact that Gibba was exceptionally difficult to catch. It was still a great time. We got exceptionally lucky and wound up with five hours of weather boosted. So that can also contribute to it, which means five hours of harder to catch kibble. But there were some really good IVs that spawned. So many 96% and one hundo that we all got. Chris can tell you more about his experience with that in a moment. <laughs> but I actually managed to get enough XL without having to transfer anything to get to level 50 on one Gipple, which is the first time that's ever happened. That said, I just want to say that based on the mathematics, I'm we were still both woefully short of what you would expect in a weather boosted scenario like we had. Oh, really? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, I caught about 850 Gibble, which is like two or 300 short of what I wanted to catch. And I walked away with, you know, 295 or whatever XL candy. But numerically, we should have walked away with like 350 before transferring. That's interesting because I've seen some other reports around where people are saying that the XL rate seemed lower than normal. And I kind of just chalked it up to probability and people sort of just complaining about it because, you know, you can get you can <laughs> get sort of, you know, rolled over by the by the math of the whole thing. That's happened to Kyle several times. Yeah, I mean, but, but also on the flip side, you can get good on the math thing and legendary moo caught 1700 gibble he walked away with almost 1100 candy 1100 xl candy which is yeah. definitely above average yeah that's insane uh but yay or nay overall for the day i mean it was great 
had a great time. We probably tried to plan a little bit too much for what was going to be such an involved day, but it didn't diminish it at all. No, no. Uh, And rolling into my experience, I'd like to pick it up right there. I would agree. Uh, This was probably one of one of, if not my most favorite community day that we've had, with the exception of maybe Beldum Day or Larvitar Day. Uh, Those were just magic moments, though, that are not really recreatable. (laughs) We were they were like our first time in fun new spaces. The weather Mm -hmm, was quite mm -hmm. right or it was a first experience of us actually really getting to play hardcore together, as is the case for Larvitar Day. Uh, But as far as Gibble is concerned, walked away with 40 Gibble or put another way, one more than Kyle. Uh, (laughs) I only caught 771 so I caught about 70 less than Kyle did I don't know how it's possible but that's what I walked away with Um, and I had more XL candy as well but I think I'm pretty sure and I didn't check this but I'm pretty sure I started with a small mound to begin with because I hatch a lot of eggs and I know for a fact I've hatched several several gibble so uh, I know that I had probably had at least 30 to 50 starting. I think I had like 320 something or 350 by the end of the day. So anyway, um, powered up one of my 100% from the day. Yes, I got three 100% on the day of Gibble Day. And I had one ready to go, which is another rarity for me. I never ever save my 100% for the day of community day but thankfully I had gotten my first one while we were in anticipation of the day itself it had already been announced so I had four hundos all of them have earth power I'm very excited one is maxed out it's a female Garchomp and I nicknamed her Gibrielle (laughs) (laughs) and she's going to be my next best buddy project Rayquaza is finished which has actually been changed from Quasar to Croissant. Oh shout God. out to shout out to Cameron for that one. That's a, that's a brilliant name change. Um, but I had a really great time. I had no issues really catching the Gibble, but I had a, a huge stockpile of Ultra Balls. So it was not really that much of a problem for me. I loved it. I loved it front and back. The research was fun, easy to do. The location we were in was great. And, and I hope that everybody at home also had a great time whether you could play for 30 minutes or for the entire time i hope that you had a great time just like we did but gable community day gets an a plus from me for sure so thank you thank you thank you also the community day box was pretty good it was pretty good and in the world of community day boxes kyle it was pretty good I, I bought it, so... My man! That's right! Yes, he <laughs> don't, did! I don't feel good about it, but I did. <laughs> I, I want to take this opportunity to let everybody at home know that Chris buys Pokeballs. And, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and yeah. it's not okay. On occasion, I will. It usually happens on community days because I never, ever prepare for them. Um, this one I did, though. I showed up with, like, 1,100 Pokeballs and, like, 650 Ultra Balls. The day prior, we were we were doing a ball check, Kyle and I, and he was like, oh, I'm only sitting in like 200 Ultra Balls or something like that. And I was like, you know, there's there's 50 in the community day box. And I got no response, but he bought it anyway. <laughs> I'd already bought it at that point. Oh, OK, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Anyway, uh, let's move right along here into the news section. We've got two pieces of news. Well, one's 
one is an official piece of news and the second one is well <laughs> news nonetheless let's just say but the first one is a special raid weekend incoming trainers get ready for a special raid weekend where you will be able to earn bonus candy and find more raids when is this happening this upcoming weekend saturday june 12th at 10 a.m to sunday june 13th at 8 p.m local time bonuses include earn twice the candy for catching pokemon Trainers level 40 and above will have three times the chance to obtain Candy XL from catching Pokemon. That is not to say that if you're below level 40, you will have any chance of getting XL candy because you can't. (laughs) It's kind of worded kind of strangely, but I see why they included it. Raids will be happening more frequently, including five star raids and mega raids. As a reminder, Regirock, Regice and Registeel will be appearing in raids until Thursday, June 17th at 10 a.m local time happy rating so this is to say that anybody who wants to get xl candy for all the reggies like kyle had outlined in a a previous gear up about how this is important and the reggies are pretty good in pvp and such this is going to be a great event to do so if you're looking to whale on a raid event and you want reggies this is the one for sure Now, uh, Kyle, I'd love to get your opinion on this because this just seems kind of like actually a rather strangely on the nose sort of event. Uh, Like anybody who wants the Reggies, this is what they're looking for. It's a little bit weird to me because it's like, hey, you want a raid? (laughs) Just do it. Yeah. It's like there's no there's no like alternative. There's no suggestions of what you should be doing. There's no like potential rewards or anything. It's like, hey, you want to do the Reggies, right? Here you go. Here's more of a reward for doing the Reggies. And and that's about it. And I would definitely be more excited if it wasn't the Reggies in the raids. Because I don't particularly want to make an XL Reggie. But there's no denying that they are useful in their XL form. Yes, a lot of people will be very excited about this. Kyle and I are not those people necessarily, but we know several of those people. Well, <laughs> yeah. that that said, will this three times apply to catching the legendary bonus? Because as you know, legendaries give a guaranteed three with the normal chance of plus one. So Niantic has clarified that it is not three times to the base. It's three times to the bonus. So that makes it significantly less compelling overall because it the the three base is the one that's important. Sure. And, you know, it basically is going to mean you're guaranteed a fourth candy more or less whenever you do a raid. So, you know, you cut off like, I don't know, what is it? You cut off like 20 raids from needing to get enough XL candy to get to level 50, which is nothing to scoff at. But right. It is what it is. Candy is candy. So I, I guess we'll see kind of how it shakes out. But but that's my understanding. Are you actually going to participate in any? Are you going to maybe pay that shiny Registeel goal forward a week and, and try uh, to target this time? Probably just because more people are going to be doing raids. Why not? Kind of thing. Yeah. I think this would have been more successful if it had coincided with something else that was compelling with the two times catch and the increased XL candy. If something like a glaring stunfisk was spawning or a stunfisk in general, I suppose, or if 
Merrills were spawning regularly because of the current events, that kind of stuff. Other things in the wild that would be compelling to catch alongside your rating bonus, I think would have been a fun, a more fun weekend. Yeah. I I kind of agree as well. But if you're already planning on playing this weekend, this is just kind of nice. Um, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't like word it as an event that it's just a special raid weekend. Yeah. So it's not over promising. Mm-hmm. That's nice because we've had that issue in the past where it's just like this seems a little thin. It's just really an quote event unquote <laughs> this one. They're just being kind of straightforward about it. So there you go. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. And, and I'm planning on rating as well. We'll see if it inspires my goals as well or not. I'm not entirely sure yet. I have made up my mind, but you might inspire me yet, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to the actual big topic of discussion this week in the news section at the very least. The great stardust snafu of 2021. Now, you might be saying, hey, Chris, that sounds like a really overdramatic title and and you'll see why that's on point especially with my feedback in the entire situation (laughs) right now because i feel like this entire situation is a little over dramatic in general that's not to say there haven't been things that are a little bit wrong here but i think there's wrongdoing kind of all over the place here but anyway what are we even talking about well stardust rewards in season eight of gbl were cut by roughly 50 percent and by roughly i mean it kind of was like exactly 50 percent that being said niantic in the same breath had also uh started making people excited for double dust for certain events i think the entire the entire basic was it like a week or week and a half or two weeks of master league being in there was going to be double dust and things yep. like that Double dust on something that's 50% just means regular dust, what what we've become accustomed to. So having found out this information, there was a bunch of player driven backlash, like an absolute bunch. If you were deluge of content, absolutely. Deluge is a great way to put it. If you were on social media, primarily Twitter this weekend, and you are in the battling (laughs) scene at all, you saw this you saw this and there were some prominent pvp content creators who were at the forefront of this message and putting up videos and such about it anyway uh, a couple of days later yesterday monday in fact niantic help tweeted this in two tweets trainers effective immediately stardust rewards for go battle league will increase the same amount from season seven additionally end of season stardust rewards will be increased to compensate for the reduced stardust in the past week we'll be posting more about these changes in the pokemon go blog soon and share here when that update is live now before we well before i dig in on my soapbox here (laughs) and what i think i'd really love to to get kyle uh, your opinion on this because i don't want to i don't want to undercut your take because we actually haven't had a real good chance to talk about this yet so I'd love to hear how you feel about this entire situation, the response, et cetera. I, I think the biggest thing for me was why. It just didn't make any sense. Usually when something that is anti-player or, or negative in some aspect, you can see the thought process that happened from Niantic's point of view and why it would have happened. In this instance, it just feels completely disconnected from the player experience of the game entirely. That said, some people had an exceptionally strong reaction, and I just was like, whoa. 
just whoa. Yeah. I agree with you like 110%. But your choice of words make even me a little bit questioning on it. And I'm and I'm usually the, the cynic of the group. <laughs> sure. Sure. But like when, when people start attacking Niantic about it, I get where you're coming from, but it's not very beneficial. People are very quick when they're interfacing with a company that's not just a person, even if even though it is comprised of people, to just assume that there's always going to be inherently evil wrongdoing and that the interest is never in the interest of the player and that it's always in the interest of the bottom line and while the bottom line for a company is a priority that does not mean that it is devoid of other priorities as well such as player experience and such now i should say and kyle please feel free to hop in and add more commentary as you'd like because i'm gonna go for it (laughs) (laughs) did niantic make a big oopsie by not saying anything about this change whatsoever yes yes 100 agreed it feels wrong it feels a little underhanded it feels a little shady but that being said was it meant to be like that or did somebody just not think about how that might like the optics of the situation might come out or maybe there was a post that was scheduled to do it or something that was supposed to be included in the blog and it just didn't happen Again, like Kyle was saying, his biggest question is the why. And we're not given a why, which is dangerous from a company communication perspective, because that means the rest of us are going to invent one for you. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of a bummer. And in this case, people went with, and I quote, the word deceptive, lying, stuff like that, which is really hard cutting and sensationalistic for a purpose and i'll continue on with that line of thinking in just a moment but go ahead kyle and i agree when i heard people saying deception or lying to us i'm like that is a really extreme statement and i know that there was a lot of talk about increased stardust and stuff with the events but correct me if i'm wrong the events described were not saying you're going to have more stardust than ever before or this season's going to shower you in stardust or whatever kind of language Niantic likes to use. We could sit here and write that ourselves if we really want to. But so if they had said that, if there had been a statement about actually increased stardust, about it being amazing or something, yes, that's deception. That's lying. You're 100% in the right. But just because there are increased stardust events, which which have been pretty rare lately, does not make a deception in my eyes. Right, exactly. Now, again, omitting omitting the mention of reduced Stardust when knowing that people care about it and Stardust yeah. is a huge factor mm-hmm. for the, the health and just the mindset and, and mental state of a, of a battler, especially people that only do battles, people that play hundreds of battles, you know, thousands of battles in a season. Stardust is really important because it basically dictates your ability to invest and try new things and iterate and be a thought leader in the space. I get it. I totally get it. I completely understand. But what one thing that rubs me the wrong way about this entire thing is you have a valid complaint, a valid concern. 
but it was not, and, and I'm speaking directly to creators here that have, that have talked about this. The re the reaction was, I'm going to put out a video first demonizing this. And then I'm going to give Niantic my feedback instead of the other way around. And I feel like creators, especially creators that are in a partnership or a healthy relationship with a, like a company like Niantic that, you know, because Niantic is really open with engaging with creators of all different kinds. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like it putting your content first seems a little bit bad as well. Like I, 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 it's not, it's not to say that the concern is invalid. I'm not saying that at all. And I think that especially if you're a PVP content creator, like this feels personal. This feels like an attack. I totally get it. I totally hear you. But I was just a little disappointed at the narrative and the way that it went that these weren't that these weren't given in a constructive way, but were, in, were instead sensationalized on social posts and sensationalized in videos in order to kind of like get more engagement is what it sort of felt like. It it also felt like it was shotgunned. If you know what I mean, it this, the current season has been two and a half weeks now, approximately by the time this video comes out. And I heard about the Stardust about a week and a half in. The next day I heard, hey, so-and-so have been talking about this. And then the day after, I started seeing videos about why this is the worst thing known to mankind. Oh, there, was, yeah. there was no in-between moment. There was no time to actually like share any feedback with Niantic, even if people wanted to. It was also over the weekend, which is important to note. Yes, that is also a big deal. And so I was just like, whoa. That's that was really fast, everybody. It <laughs> was really yeah. fast. And I, I got a follow up question and I'd like to get your answer for it. And <laughs> we were going to try to record with Fish and DeFi E this week, but our, our schedules just did not allow to have this kind of larger conversation about this. But do you think, Kyle, that maybe it's because this is sort of like the straw that broke the camel's back? Because it's been sort of a, a wobbly relationship. Uh, between the battling community and Niantic this entire time that now they're just kind of like, okay, that's it. I'm so angry. I'm done. I feel a little bit betrayed by this. How could you? And that's why it's such a big deal. And like for us who aren't really battlers, I'm like, you're becoming somewhat of an amateur hobbyist battler. You're doing them consistently, right? Mm -hmm. But like for those people that have been steeped in it from the get go that have dealt with lag that have dealt with the, the Jesus G guy with the metal metal and with the Pidgeot Pidge feather dance <laughs> issue and all of these things. Do you think they just look at this and go, really? You couldn't. This isn't even mechanical. You could have put this in a blog post. I don't think so. OK, I think it's just a hot topic issue and it always has been. It's Stardust. So first and foremost, this is this has been brought up in some of the discussion, and I think it's worth talking about. Experience was a sore spot for a lot of people for a while. There was just nothing you could do about it. You catch Pokemon, you're done. They added friendship experience. It was a positive change, but it was still a bit of a hassle. And then when they gave you something to do with experience, the Go Beyond update to level 50, they reworked the way that you gain some experience. They increased the value of excellent throws and great throws to incentivize it, give you more mm -hmm. experience in general. 
they just greatly increased how much you get overall. And that has never happened with Stardust. Okay. That's not necessarily true. It has happened once with Stardust. They increased the Stardust value for like 20 Pokemon, which is good. Positive change. 100%. But now that PvP is a thing, investing in PvP is very, very expensive. And now that shadows are a thing, investing in shadows, very, very expensive. XL as well. And yeah, and now XL exists and XL is really expensive. Forget the grind for the candy. It's 500,000 Stardust per XL Pokemon. Yep. And they still have not done anything about significant reworks to Stardust. So when they see the only other way to get Stardust aside from endlessly grinding Pokemon get hit, it kind of invokes a visceral reaction in people because it's it's so important to the game. For the people who care about the game, Stardust is everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and I should also add that what you're what you're saying, Kyle, is coming from a really great spot of understanding of where the mentality of a lot of these battlers are probably at, right? And I would agree with you 100%. Experience has been reworked. Lots of support in there. The Stardust has been relatively devoid of it, except for the GBL bonuses. Even yourself, when you were like, yeah, I've been doing GBL, the Stardust is so good. And then this season rolls around and you're just like, it's still all right, but it's not nearly what it was. And one of the reasons why you had gotten kind of interested in doing so, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All the people that are really complaining and they're really out front about this and leading the message about it are very passionate about Pokemon Go and GBL in particular. And so they definitely have the platform. They have the know-how. They know what they're talking about when they're complaining about this. I would just say, again, I'm just just kind of a little disappointed that the conversation was was, uh, made so public and sensationalized as much as it was despite the fact that it is a valid message. Yeah. I will say, though, Niantic responded very fast after the veracity of content, as shameful as that might be, but it's positive. That that alone is positive. We have to wait to see what their talk about the changes end up being. That's going to shape this discussion a lot going forward yeah in in one direction or another they so they have a lot of people probably working overtime being like what words do we use (laughs) (laughs) i hope so i i do i think that this is a pivotal moment wherein they reacted directly to people's complaints in the community they made the change and not only did they restore the stardust to where it was going or where it was before rather but they also said at the end of the season the stardust rewards will be increased to compensate for the reduced stardust in this past week i think they're doing what they need to do to fix that fix the trajectory especially for this season but what about the big question in the room which kyle you led with and again it's why yeah why do this change in the first place? And I don't think we're going to get a good answer for a little bit here um, if we get one at all. And I don't want to speculate because that's where that's where the pit of toxicity has kind of come around with this is, again, inventing your own why. Uh, but yeah, so that's the story with this. <laughs> if you saw any of the chit chat on, on social and you're like, what are the battlers talking about now? It was this and, and they're right. It was a bummer. So 
there's that. I hope you feel as though you're caught up and informed, dear listener. But that being said, that's the end of the news section. So, Kyle, I hope I hope you're not tired of talking just yet because I'm going to pass it on over to you for Gear Up. So this week on Gear Up, we're going to be seeing if you can earth power your way to the top. So we just had Gibble Community Day. Garchomp had earth power. Three weeks ago, I broke down why earth power is really good. It makes Garchomp the best ground type attacker in, in just about every scenario, not counting shadows. Unfortunately, he's still ground type. And so what does ground type actually look like and whether it's worth using or not is a whole separate question. And we're going to see if we can find an answer. So first up, ground type. It's super effective against five types, which is tied with fighting for the most effective type. Sounds pretty good. Until you see what it's super effective against. Oh. Super effective against poison, rock, steel, fire, and electric. We'll get the easy one out of the way. Electric type. Electric is only weak to ground. Therefore, ground wins. It's not really a question. <laughs> and Garchomp extra wins against electric types because dragon ground is triple resisted to electric. Next up, we have poison. Unfortunately, being good against poison competes with psychic type which means he has to compete with Mewtwo, which means you lose. Pr- pretty much full stop. Also, there's only one Poison Legendary, so it doesn't really matter, and it's going to be you know, four more years before we get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next up is Rock. This one is, is much more common. We even have Reggie Rock in raids right now. It has to compete against Fighting, Water, Steel, and Grass. Those are three... Three of those are very strong types in Pokemon Go. The obvious one is fighting. He has to compete with Machamp, Conkelder, and Lucario. And in every scenario against Rock, where you would use Garchomp, one of those three will be better, unfortunately. Power-up punch, too, is just so strong in the long run. Yeah, well, it's, it, Aura Sphere brings Lucario to the top of that pack, but... Yep. We haven't seen Lucario in forever in an, any reasonably accessible place, so we tend to not talk about it. Yeah, and I only really use Lucario in, in rocket battles, to be honest yeah. with you. But that if we had readily access to Lucario candy, more people would be powering them up. Yeah. But like even when it's available, it's usually incredibly rare. So Otherwise, there's Steel, and Steel brings Metagross, and even Metagross is better than Garchomp against Rock-type raids. So if you're comparing to Water or Grass, Garchomp comes out ahead, and it's worth mentioning, anytime I say Garchomp, it's going to be synonymous with Ground because Garchomp is the best Ground-type. It's just for ease of conversation. But continuing with steel, we have steel type. Ground is super effective against steel, and therefore it competes with fire and fighting. Two very strong types. For fire, all the big name fire attackers outclass Garchomp. Then Reshiram, Chandelure, Darmanitan, Moltres, if you have a fire one. Who, who does that? Entei 
and Blasper and Blaziken. And fire resists steel attacks and ground does not. So that's another thing in its favor. But even ignoring that situation, there's fighting type. Machamp, Calder, and Lucario. All better than Garchomp. Starting to see a trend. Lastly, we have fire types. You have to compete with rock and water. Rock, you have Rampardos and Rhyperior. Garchomp is actually better than regular Tyranitar in this circumstance. Although Shadow Tyranitar is better than Garchomp. We're omitting shadows for the sake of cleanliness of this list. And water type. Kyogre and Kingler as crab hammers like to do at the top. <laughs> now big thing is both rock and water resist fire and ground does not although garchomp is dragon so he also resists fire so it's not relevant in that comparison but all other ground types fall short because of this all of this said that basically means garchomp is useful for three raids that means Garchomp is the best choice for three major raids. Raikou, Heatran, and Mega Manectric. Raikou and Mega Manectric are self-explanatory. They're electric. Heatran is fire steel, and it's two times effective. It's four times weak to ground, and it's the only circumstance of that existing, I believe. And that's about it. Any other scenario you would see yourself bringing ground into. There is another type that is better. Although Garchomp is still in the top 10 of all counters for all the types it's useful for, except for steel. Don't really bring it against steel type. It's not really worth it at all. Until we get Mega Garchomp and then Mega Garchomp will be at the top. Mega Garchomp will absolutely decimate like everything at the time. Mm -hmm. Although I think it's dragon will be better depending on what mega dragons we have at the time. That will be questionable. Well, yeah. It's also like, let's just say we had all megas and primals. Uh, Mega Garchomp would be probably slotted right underneath mega or sorry, primal Groudon. And then in dragon, it would be beneath mega Rayquaza, right? Uh, actually, I believe even with the current numbers of Precipice Blades, Mega Garchomp will be better than Primal Groudon because of Earth Power. Don't completely quote me on that. I read that earlier today, but I didn't take a note of it. Okay. Um, and a lot of places aren't simming unreleased Megas, so it's hard to fully As they that. should, you know, it, it, it is kind of a pointless conversation currently, but <laughs> for the sake of conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that there are a couple of areas where you could use the ground move, but the dragon move set is better, like against Reshiram, for example. You would rather use the dragon move set than the ground move set, but it's so niche it's not really worth mentioning overall. And it's Dragon Tail and Outrage, right? Yes, that's that's what Garchomp has. And people were really hoping they was gonna get Dragon Rush and it would have been like chart topping DPS at that point, right? If they gave it the right stats on the move, mm-hmm. but who who knows what that stats could be. We'll get it in like six years or something like that when they run out of moves to give us. <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
when we run back Gibble again for another community day. And you need and you need six elite TMs to TM all six of your hundred percent guards. Yeah, they unlock extra moves so you can have like one quick move and like four charge moves to choose from. <laughs> My God, that'd be amazing. Uh, so only closing notes I have is rest in peace ground type. There's a lot of stiff competition because of the way stats work in go. And it's a bit of a shame, but Garchomp is still cool. And so I will still use it. And also this whole list of everything here does not take into account accessibility or the fact that you just had a community day and you probably have 3000 Garchomp candy. So six level 40 Garchomp is not that crazy of an investment, but six level 40 Kyogre or six level 40 Reshiram is a lot more unrealistic. Or even Meteor Mash Metagross. We've had lots of opportunities to grab Meteor Mash Metagross uh, since that community day, which was a long time ago now. Um, but even still, if you're a newer player and you just started now on Gibble Community Day was your first real community day, Garchomp is still going to be value city for you. Oh, abso- absolutely. He's going yeah. to blow stuff out of the water. And he's still very much worth investing unless you're absolutely min-maxing everything. In which case, there will be better options. Yep. All right. Awesome. Well, hope you all learned a little bit here and and, and how to leverage your Garchomps appropriately. Uh, I hope that is multiple Garchomps for all y'all listening. <laughs> all right. Let's move into the Pokalore. You already know what it is because it's the Galarian version of last week. This week, we're going to be covering Galarian Slowpoke, the dopey Pokemon, doesn't change. Galarian Slowbro, the Hermit Crab Pokemon, doesn't change. And Galarian Slowking, which is now unreleased in Pokemon Go currently, the Hexpert Pokemon. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) First up is Galarian Slowpoke. In Galar, Slowpoke's appearance is a result of particles being built from eating Galarica, Galarica. Galarica seeds. That's what I'm going with. The main difference is that it has gained yellow coloration on its forehead and tail. Unlike its counterpart, its tail is always down and said to have a spicy taste. (laughs) Galarian slowpoke are known to relax in seashores and riverbanks without a care in the world. Occasionally, it will get a very sharp look in its eyes if it's about to think of something tremendous. However, slowpoke will quickly forget and return to its normal expression. It is believed that this behavior is a result of Galerica, ga, Galerica, Galerica particles affecting its brain. I'm just going to switch between them. I'm just going to whatever. If, if Galerica comes up again, forgive my pronunciation ahead of time. I'm sorry. Galarian and Mega, because we didn't cover Mega and the release just happened. Slowbro. When Slowbro Mega evolves, it becomes engulfed by the shelter so that only its head, arms, and white-tipped tail are visible. Its head pokes out of the mouth of the shelter and is surrounded by shelter's now larger teeth. The spiral shelter now has an opening at its tip, allowing the tail of the Slowbro to stick out. Mega Slowbro balances on its tail due to its legs being engulfed. It can move by bouncing, using its tail as a spring. The spikes on the shelter are now reduced to four on the bottom section of the body and the dark spots only visible on its middle section. Mega Slowbro's energy has gathered into shelter, which has increased its hardness. This allows it to act as armor so hard that nothing can scratch it. 
Slowpoke is virtually unchanged, but it gains some power and motivation from Shelter's di- digestive fluids. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Beyblade, let it rip. In Galar, Galarian Slowbro's appearance is due to Shelter biting its arm instead of its tail, causing a chemical reaction with the consumed Galarica spices within its body. The shelter attached to its arms resembles the shelter tail from its Cantonian counterpart, but smaller, with a purple tip shaped like a stinger and even lacks pupils. It has a slight color difference with purple spots on its forehead. Its mouth and paws are also purple, while its belly remains gray. Galarian Slowbro are considered highly dangerous due to its indiscriminately attacking its surroundings, the reason for which is due to shelters sometimes unconsciously biting down hard on its arm. While normally zoned out, its expression will quickly change when facing a strong opponent due to the stimulus jolt from its nervous system. Galarian Slowbro can move with speed that puts the quickest of known reflexes to shame in order to fire a liquid poison shot from Shelter's tip. Slowbro releases the poison liquid by grabbing Shelter's tongue, who launches it. <laughs> Galarian Slowbro is the only known Pokemon capable of using the move Shell Sidearm. These are like recently made Pokemon, by the way. If you didn't know, listener at home, Galar is generation eight. So these versions are like brand new in the world of Pokemon. And they were released after Gen 8 came out. Right. The first DLC brought us Galarian Slowpoke and these two evolutions as well. Now onto the second evolution, Galarian Slowking. In Galar, Shelter Spike causes a different chemical reaction in the brain due to the Galarica spices that make up Galarian Slowpoke's diet, causing Galarian Slowking to take on a unique appearance. It has a slight color difference with purple spots on its tail and paws and has a long black collar. The Shelter has grown more dominant, appearing completely different with a darker gray coloration and larger size covering Slow King's eyes and nostrils. At the center is a purple spot with a green orb and two black eyes. The horns on top of the shell are three round spikes with two more spikes in the middle of the shell. The bottom parts are sharp with two purple-shaped tubes from which poison may be secreted. The shelter's teeth have also grown in size and are broad and flat instead of sharp. The same holds true for its wear. Shelter's intelligence is said to have increased to the point its psychic power puts other psychic Pokemon to shame. Shelter can also control Slowking. Galarian Slowking have been observed gathering in groups to chant mysterious spells to use in battle or communicate with each other. It is unknown what Galarian Slowking is trying to say as the incantations have yet to be fully understood. It's Latin. (laughs) Galarian Slowking can create strange potions from its internal toxins and spells. Galarian Slowking is the only known Pokemon capable of using the move Eerie Spell. So, for stats, we really only have stats for Galarian Slowbro, so here we are. Max CP at 40, 24.45, and at 50, 27.64. Now, if you're wondering, is that a little bit less than regular Slowbro? Uh, It it, it is. Just a teensy bit. 216 stamina, same amount. Lower defense of 156, but a higher attack of 182. But the defense cut was enough to bring the CP down. Best move set, Confusion or Poison Jab and Psychic slash Sludge Bomb. You can do a full Psychic Stab set with Confusion and Psychic and slash or you can do a full Poison Stab set with Poison Jab and Sludge Bomb. 
the answer is going to lie on your usage of this Pokemon, which is to say, don't bring it to raids. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. It's not good raid DPS. It's a fine gym defender, and I'm sure it's fine as an answer in some rocket battles and probably in PvP as well. We have yet to see it really being used because it's just kind of like came out today with today's event, which started the the slow the the, the slow poke slow event. <laughs> today's event that started today. Yes, this the event that started today that was today's event. Don't you forget it. <laughs> All right, Kyle, uh, you and I both espoused some love for Slowpoke, Slowbro, and Slowking last week. But what about the Galarian versions? How do you weigh in? I wish I was still playing my Pokemon D&D campaign because I think Galarian Slowking would have made an awesome character in an RPG. Oh, yeah. Basically a slow king, but a warlock. Yeah, and makes potions. I'm like, this look at this world building in this in this bit right here. Come on. There's so much more that Pokemon can do with this kind of world building. That's all that this yeah. makes me think. They kind of left it open, you know? And that's that's pretty neat. Good good on them for sure. But Slow King's not out yet. Slowbro. I I dig the design a lot. It's kind of neat that it makes it like a gun on its arm. And they try really hard to not use the word in the description. But its signature move is shell sidearm. And so I thought maybe it just like, you know, swung its arm around and hit you from the side with it or something. I don't think so. No, that's not what it does at all. Uh, uh, Definitely shoots it like a gun. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yes i also have a lot of love for these galarian versions i like the regular galarian slowpoke as well it's funny because in the game uh in sword and shield for the dlc it like also runs really fast because of the spices that it eats from time to time so it will like sprint around it's hilarious <laughs> but anyway uh that is the end of our two week uh our two-part series <laughs> as it were on Slowpoke, Slowbro, and Slowking. I hope we get Galarian Slowking in-game soon enough to finish the familial set. All right, that means it's time for the Pokepole. Let's do it. Last week's Pokepole was, if you could change the typing of any Pokemon, which would you choose and what change or changes would you make? Bonus points if you can explain why. I also really quick. I have to weigh in. People are like, didn't we ask this question before? And you're right. But it's a little bit different. Just a teensy bit different. Before the question was, which typing do you think is incorrect? And how would you change it? And this one was supposed to be, if you could change any typing, what would you change? And I think people read it as the first iteration still, but that didn't stop people from giving us great answers. But to answer those they were like, isn't this the same question? It's like, it's close, okay? It's, it's question ad- adjacent, okay? It's 148. What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> the first answer is from Fendison. They said, for me, it would be the newly added pseudo legend Pokemon, Gumi, Sligu, and Gudra. How come it only comes with monotype, just dragon, instead of water dragon or poison dragon? Because, you know, it's a slimy dragon. I thought it doesn't make any sense. And also, in my opinion, it was the most awkward-shaped pseudo-legendary Pokemon. Pokemon Company better put Noivern or Tyrantrum line instead of this Gudra line as a pseudo-legendary. There, I said it. That's that's fair, though. I, I definitely think that Gumi could use a 
a subtyping for sure. Yeah, it is weird that it's monotype. Very Why is it not water? Water fit. It's perfect. It's literally related to water. It, it has should, to evolve when it's raining. Like it should be poison, honestly. I mean, it should be, but they don't. They it seems like they want to limit those that typing and poison's a really weak type. So yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Poor poison. I, I want to see poison rework in Gen uh, Nine. Be, that'd be sweet. Really sweet. This uh, next response is from Barry Cherry. I mean, Trap Inch should totally be a bug type, right? I actually forget it isn't a bug. And then it evolves into what is essentially a dragonfly. And it still isn't a bug. <laughs> Madness. Why I think its typing should be changed to bug is because it looks like a bug. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I feel this to my core. I feel identically all the way through. Excellent response. No changes made. <laughs> let's do it. Come on. Come on, Pokemon Company. Let's do it. F- fix your mistakes. Next one's from Fire Drillin. And he said, Milotic should be retconned to be a water fairy type. Its lore says that it has natural abilities to take away anger and hostility. I think that lends itself into fairy's archetype very well. Milotic is water mono. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I agree totally. Yeah, there's no reason not to. It's not like they haven't added fairy types to other Pokemon in the past. Actually, I mean, they did that, like, specifically. Did. So, And they somehow still skipped Chansey. Isn't that weird? That's so weird that Wigglytuff got it, but Chansey didn't. Yeah. So weird. Maybe they really wanted to maintain some just normal, normal types. But, like, Wigglytuff should have stayed normal then. I, I think Chansey should have been the one that got the I fairy don't think typing. so. Wiggly, yeah, but, but Jigglypuff evolves into Wigglytuff with a Moonstone. Yeah. So, you know, like, I, I kind of get Chancy it. Chansey evolves with friendship, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. That's a good point. That is a really good counterpoint. <laughs> uh, all right. I will rest my case. <laughs> uh, next answer and last answer. It's also an email. It's from Joshua. Hey, Chris, I'm not so happy with any event, any event Kyle. I guess I'm officially a part of team email. It's true. Welcome to the club. I've not played a full game since silver in 1999. So I'm currently trying to get my hands on the game so I can play them. All you guys have restored my love for Pokemon. So thank you for that. To answer the Pokeball, I would have to say I wouldn't really change, but I'd add a type to some Pokemon. I believe a few, not a lot, but should have three types. The ones that come to mind right away are the legendary wolf Zacian and Zamazenta. I guess they are steel types, but the fairy, I do not understand. They defeat a poison type dragon that is deemed the strongest Pokemon in existence. That is also their weakness. But I get it. Instead of removing it, I'd say add ghost type because when they interact with them, especially in the Pokeball Plus, they sound just like a ghost. They are basically dead, right? I mean, you first meet them in a haunted quote unquote forest and they have to be resurrected to save the day. Another being the Johto starters. Can we get them some love? They cannot mega evolve and they can't Gigantamax. They need something else. I agree, by the way, 100%. Yeah. Justice for Typhlosion. What would you guys give Typhlosion, my fave, Meganium and Feraligator? Meganium and New Snap does not count. Still the same type and is nothing special. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. So add a secondary typing or something to Typhlosion, Meganium and Feraligator. I mean, Meganium is 100% ground. It grass ground type, I think. Oh, I would think I would think poison because it has a flower on it. No, I mean, I'm saying ground 
specifically because Venusaur is already grass poison as well. Yeah, but, but just because something else is doesn't mean that it can't be the yeah, right answer. But, but it's not. I don't think the the flower is a big enough selling point of meganium. See, I would be more like I would be more likely to give the ground typing to Feraligator. No, what? Yeah, are you crazy? Yeah, In what world? Alligators love mud. No, no, they don't. Yeah, yeah, they do. They, no, they like, no, they, they don't. Like, and they drag their bellies across the ground, the whole thing. Yeah. No, no, none of this is true. This now I need your answer head. for Typhlosion so I can Typhlosion mock you. Typhlosion is so difficult, though. That's because, because it has no other defining features but fire. I guess maybe ground would fit there. I think Typhlosion's the weird one of all the starters where being monotype almost fits it the best, just based on its design. Yeah, but Which it's is, like a, it's a shame, but I I think that's a a truth. But it's like it's a weasel, right? Uh, so maybe darker ground you could probably make a good argument for. Yeah, I was gonna say dark for for alligator. Oh, that's not bad either. Oh, because bite and crunch. Yeah, and just that like makes a lot of sense. It seems like the a crocodile is is definitely or alligator is definitely. On that dark spectrum, we already have Sandile, which is another dark type for yeah. some precedent in that family. But yep. So that's my answer for alligators, water gra- water dark, meganium is grass ground, and I think Typhlosion should stay monofire as slightly boring as that sounds. I'm gonna go ahead and say Typhlosion fire ground, meganium, grass poison. And for alligator, water, dark, you made a really good argument for it. <laughs> I'm just going to say dark, water, dark for it. One out of sense. three, I'll take it. It really, it, no, it, that was a good, bite and crunch. I mean, particular, it, they're dark moves. So biting is is a dark type thing. And for alligator bites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't make an argument against that. So thank you very much. So this week's Pokepole is, tell me your favorite Pokemon Without telling me your favorite Pokemon. Shout out to whoever had asked this question originally in the Discord. I'm so sorry. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> everybody. Everybody is asking this question everywhere. Sure. Sure. So my favorite Pokemon uh, backfire Mohawk was I what I think as what I had answered to the original question was posted in, in our Discord. Backfire Mohawk? Yep. Okay. Uh Oh, one of the main describing ones for mine just describes like two other Pokemon, including a previous evolution. But that's okay. Probably shadows licking things <laughs> is 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 my answer. Okay. All right. Sure. All right. I, I can go with that. Does, doesn't that kind of describe the entire line? It, it describes the middle evolution, too, which is the difficult part. Not so much the first one. But the first one also knows lick. It, it knows it, but like it's not like a defining feature of its behavior kind of sure. thing. Sure. Okay. All right. We'll take it. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> if you, dear listener, have an answer to the question, tell me your favorite Pokemon without telling me your favorite Pokemon, please go ahead and reply to the question when it's post on Twitter. If you're a patron in a channel we have directly for it, you can post your answers there. Where Whether or not the question is posted, people are pretty good about getting them answered as soon as the episode goes up. You can also leave us a voicemail at 262-586-7717, but you could also send us an email like many fine folks do every week 
to mail at goatcastpodcast.com. But before we do anything with emails, we, we got to pass it on over to Fish and DeFi E. And this week, they're going to be talking about Venture Cup and revisiting the Season 8 meta moves since there's been some changes. You know, like Feather Dance isn't around right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Over to the two of you. Hi, I'm Fish and Nahida. And I'm DeFi E250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that resists poison moves. DeFi, what's going on in PvP right now? Well, we have in the Great League of Go Battle League. That will be going until Monday, June 14th. And then it'll switch up to Ultra League and Ultra League Premier for two weeks. Taking a quick look at the past, though, we had Go Battle Night last week, the first of a series of three Go Battle Nights that we have for this season. How did that work for you? Did you participate? What were you running? Tell me a little bit about your experience, Fish. I did play, but I didn't get to do all 20 sets because I also managed to fit in a practice tournament for the Venture Cup. You know, my regionals is coming up, so it's getting closer. Uh, so I, I fit that one in on the same night. Uh, but I did have a lot of fun, and I also had a lot of wins uh, with my team, which was, uh, what, did, what did I, what did I uh, Swampert, Zwilus, and Shadow Beedrill. Sounds fun. It was. I didn't participate a ton. Uh, I only did a couple sets on Go Battle Night. Uh, But that's something I really like about it. You don't have to do 100 battles if you're not feeling it. But also, I haven't really settled on a team. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But the team that I was just had my heart set on has now been put on the bench. So I haven't really settled on a team I love. I've been using a bit of Old Faithful, the Fighting Gobbler team, the Gobble Squad. Uh, which he runs his Altaria, Defense Deoxys, and Lantern. So that's I've been kind of running, sticking with the basics. And we'll be talking a bit more about that team you love a little bit later. But first, let's check in on the Venture Cup. And the meta looks like it is finally starting to take some shape after so much you know, confusion at the start of the month, DeFi. It is. So we can now see that Defense Deoxys is at a 19% usage rate, according to the Sylph Cup stats on Sylph.gg. Mew is a close second at 17%. Abomasnow at 15%. Metacham at 12%. And then Primeape and Castform are tied at 11% picks. And that's still pretty crazy because normally... If you look at the stats of other cups, like the top pick will generally be like between a 30 to a 45 percent usage. So for the top pick to be 19 percent and, you know, it's lucky to get up to 19 percent now, like before a few days ago, it was like maybe 12 percent for the top pick. So it's starting to kind of crystallize now. Speaking of the top pick, the most powerful Pokemon, kind of the thing that can terrorize a lot of the Venture Cup meta is Lickitung. And I do not have one. I have my one that I would like to power up, but it'll I'll probably be walking my Lick Jagger, my really awesome Lickitung, for the next 10 years before I have enough XL cakes to power that thing up. So instead, I'm running a Licky Licky as well as a Defense Deoxys and a Knock Towel as my core. And I really, really like it. It's really balanced, has a lot of things. Both Defense Deoxys and Knock Towel can do a lot against Lickitung. Also has a lot of really good play against the, the meta. 
That's really interesting because I kind of stumbled across the same core as well, except instead of Noctowl, I went with Mantine just because I like that it actually resists fighting instead of being neutral to it, which is something I constantly have to remind myself that Noctowl is actually neutral to fighting. And it's got that bait potential and the debuff potential as well. So, uh, yeah, I went with uh, Licky Licky, Defense Deoxys, and Mantine. Also, uh, going Licky Licky instead of Lick a Tongue, which would be better, but, you know, of course, nowhere even close to the amount of XL candy that I need. So I've buddied my Lick a Tongue now that I intend to eventually build, and I have decided on a name, which is Licky Minaj. Fan. Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. We should, we should get Lick Jagger and Lick Minaj to come together and do a collab. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Something else I'm very thrilled about is the Atlantis meta for the Sylph Arena factions. So the next cycle will be starting up next week and it will, we've covered the meta already a little bit in the past, but it is restricts the meta down to only bug, dark, fairy, poison, and water types. There are several bans, like no shadows, no regionals, things like that. Also, Azu has just caught the ban hammer again. Poor little Azu. Poor little blue. <laughs> Poor little Pika blue. Poor guy. But, Fish, I did make a solid prediction when we covered this meta. Wormadam Trash with Bug Bite is number one on PV Poke, like I predicted. It does really, really well. It beats Alola Ninetales, Galvantula, Venusaur, Nidoqueen, Umbreon. It kind of wrecks the most popular Pokemon of their types and does it quite handily. The only way you can really, really beat Wormdam Trash, since there's no real fire in this meta, is you're going to need a Mud Boy, you're going to need a Swampert, you're going to need a Politoed, something like that. You can also use Jellicent and Mandibuzz to counter Wormdam Trash. So it is definitely the thing to beat in this meta. And that's really interesting to see because normally the arena is very, very good at ensuring that there's no massively over-centralizing Pokemon in a meta. So this is this is a, a step in, a, a bit of a step backwards, I feel. The, the fact that, you know, the entire meta is going to be built around this one Pokemon and you've got to have it and be able to deal with it. All right, Fish, let's move on to our deep dive of the week, which is Go Battle League Season 8 Meta Moves Revisited. Revisited. Continue. Jason Derulo. All right. The first move that we have to talk about, the move that broke my heart and broke the game, Feather Dance. Not only was it too OP, it just didn't work with the code of the game. It ended up breaking players' games and causing them to crash. So both Pidgeot and Feather Dance are sitting on the bench. Pidgeot is currently, as of this recording, still banned in Go Battle League and has been banned from the Venture Cup. So one reason I was kind of really sad on Go Battle Night is I wanted to play my Pidgeot team and I couldn't because I really, really liked it. <laughs> Made me sad, Fish. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Difa. But there is more than just Feather Dance, Fish. Why don't you tell us about Raining Rocks? <laughs> um, well, yeah, we talked about Weatherball Rock becoming a thing, and there was one Pokemon that was touted as getting Weatherball Rock, which was Hippowdon. 
Um, it weirdly hasn't improved that much. I am surprised by that because I thought that it's a relatively bulky Pokemon. Um, it's already got Body Slam, which is a real quick firing, spammy, and good move. Um, pair it with another high damage per energy, you know, fast firing move. And then it's, you know, powerful fang moves. I, th- I thought that it would, um, you know, find a spot in the meta, but it hasn't seemed to. I think it's at like the, it's in the, it's in the 400s in the Open Great League uh, rankings. The other Pokemon though, there was another Pokemon that got the move and that is Normal Cast Form. And if you haven't looked at Normal Cast Form before, get on that because not only does it have that great move on it, it also has Hex for its fast move, and Hex is super high energy. It is 12 energy per move, and that means it gets to each Weather Ball in just nine turns. Nine turns, that's four and a half seconds, and that is ridiculously fast. It's one of the fastest charge moves in the game. Only Politoed with its Mudshot Weather Ball, Brick Break Raichu, and Flygon get to their moves quicker. Um, now, that is out of just the Pokemon that you could reasonably expect to see in Great League. I'm sure there's maybe like a Diglett somewhere or a, a Mudkip that can get to a move quicker. But uh, yeah, those those are the only Pokemon that I could find that like reasonably outspeed Cast Form. All right. I heard you mentioned Flygon. Flygon also really, really benefits from this new move update. Dragon Tail got a massive buff and it gives Flygon a lot more flexibility. Before, Flygon was just working as a really spammy Pokemon cranking out charge moves. Now it can provide fast move pressure as well as that charge move pressure because Dragon Tail got that much more powerful. The other Pokemon that really benefits is Steelix, which has jumped up the rankings and now has just an extra little bit of a point of difference from Galarian Stunfisk. Um, It is actually bulkier than G-Fisk, but G-Fisk just overtook Steelix because of the power of that Mudshot, Rock Slide, and Earthquake. It turned out to be just such a potent set of moves. Now, Steelix can really provide that fast move pressure that G-Fisk cannot, uh, but it doesn't sacrifice how fast it would get to its crunch and its own earthquake like it would if it was uh, using, you know, Thunderfang or the uh, the previous version of Dragon Tail. Next up, we have the star of this meta move update, which is the poison moves. Shadow Nidoqueen. Long live the queen. She was everywhere in Go Battle League for a while because Poison Jab and Poison Fang is a cruel, brutal combination. Nidoqueen gets to Poison Fang in 10 turns, which will make those Stone Edges and Earth Powers much more potent because of that guaranteed debuff to your opponent's defense. In the One Shield, Shadow Nidoqueen now beats Defense Deoxys, Bastiodon, Umbreon, all of the fairies, and all of the grasses except for Obama Snow and Shadow Victory Bell. Obama Snow just with those super effective um, fast moves, and Shadow Victory Bell is just so oppressive with Razor Leaf still. The other Pokemon that benefits from Poison Fang is Golbat, and Shadow Golbat in particular, uh, which can really do some solid work with Shadow Ball. Like, Shadow Ball is already a really good move. 
you add a defense debuff to your opponent, and my goodness, DeFi, <laughs> that thing is just... Get this. So you're getting to the Poison Fang in 10 turns as well. So just like Nidoqueen with the Poison Jab and Poison Fang combination. Then once your opponent is debuffed, Shadow Ball is so powerful that it can one-shot an entire fully grown, full health Shadow Hypno. What? That's incredible. Yeah, right? Poison Jab, though, is real good. It elevates Beedrill specifically quite a bit. The bee can now completely farm down Wigglytuff, Clefable, Gardevoir, and Alolan Ninetales. No shields, no charge moves. It can even almost farm down Azumarill with one shield. That's bonkers. Yeah, that is nuts. Um, Cross Poison is another move that got a bit of a buff. That one has not enjoyed as much success as what Poison Jab and Poison Fang have, but it is still a very serviceable move. Um, A lot of people forget that Galvantula can learn Cross Poison. It's still not the recommended move on PV Poke for Galvantula. They still recommend discharge and lunge but it's kind of the next one down and it takes even less energy than what lunge and discharge do they are both 45 energy whereas cross poison is 35 so it only takes two volt switches to get to the second cross poison if you want to do that so it's even spammier and it also does a lot more damage to fairies so if you're targeting fairies with your galvantula then you know cross poison is the way to go there All right, last up for the poison moves, let's talk about Poison Sting. Poison Sting is now a clone of Thundershock and Mudshot. Those moves generate energy like crazy, and they help some of the spammiest Pokemon of the game be the crazy spammers that they are. So now Poison Sting can do that exact same work for Pokemon like Ariados, Pokemon like Drapion, Quillfish, Vespaquin. Taking a look at Vespaquin specifically, Vespaquin can now fire X-Scissors one after the other super fast and can get to Power Gem in 14 turns. That sounds like a lot, but it's only seven seconds. And for such a powerful move, that's a pretty good deal. Fish, we talk about a lot of move updates. What are you most excited to work with with all of these different move updates? Uh, I mentioned Shadow Beedrill before. I am loving using that thing. Poison Jab on that thing just makes it so fun. It's a very balanced Pokemon. I've currently got it on my Venture Cup team as well. Yeah, Poison Jab on Beedrill in particular (laughs) is my favorite thing. I am really looking forward to digging through my storage and finding my Nidoqueen that I haven't touched since Ferocious Cup and giving it a little bit of an upgrade and maybe finding some play with it, especially in the Atlantis meta. If you have any suggestions of content that we should cover in future weeks or any questions you want answered, send them through to the mailbag at mail at gocastpodcast.com. And we will get to that. And in the meantime, good luck and we'll see you next week. Bye. All right. Thank you so much, Fish and DeFi. Yet another stellar PvP Corner segment. 
We're almost finished here. We've got one major section between us and our goals and the end of the show. And I believe that segment is called emails. Oh, that's right. Thanks for the reminder, Kyle. I appreciate it. First emails from Butta B. And they said, hi, Chris and Kyle. Butta B here. I started Pokemon Go today, Sunday the 6th. And I already have a shiny Garchomp. I called him Lucky. Pretty self-explanatory. My question for this week is how should I start Pokemon Go? Shiny fives all. Butta B. P.S. I love the pod. Keep it up, guys. All right. I'll be the one to say it. All right. So how you start playing Pokemon Go, you made a great decision by starting to play on Gibble Community Day. That being said, I hate to devalue your Garchomp as such, but there was kind of a day around it. But like Kyle had outlined earlier in the show, that means that you are doing real well because Garchomp has a lot of value. So I hope that you got a lot of candies and stuff and that you're having a great time playing. Community Day is a great experience. So bravo for beginning to play on that day. That being said, Kyle, do you have any guidelines i don't know first words of advice for new players i guess i mean honestly all i have to say for new players is go out and catch pokemon like it's it's plain and simple go out for walks catch pokemon if you're enjoying yourself if you're liking what you're experiencing you can then choose to delve in deeper try and decide what you want from there as a new player, depending on how you see the game financially, start looking into taking gyms as soon as possible so you can start increasing your Pokemon storage space. I think that's probably priority number one for somebody who doesn't spend money on the game is getting those free coins early on so you don't have to manage your inventory as much. I would agree. Uh, I would agree with everything Kyle just said. In addition, I would make sure that you take stock of events that are up and coming. And if you have a limited play, try to focus your play around events that have bonuses and stuff so that you can kind of have some sort of method for playing. But what's really nice about starting off is that even casual play will progress you rather quickly. So enjoy this experience. It's a fun game. We've been playing it for years <laughs> and welcome to the fold. And thank you so much for listening and take care of that Garchomp because it'll definitely take care of you. Thank you again, Butta B. Appreciate the email. This next one's from Theo. Hey, trainers. Yo, what up, Theo? Just wanted to say how my Gibble day went. I took a break one month from Pokemon and I realized how much I missed. For example, Fletching Community Day, Swabble Community Day. No, I wanted a Moonblast Altaria. And lastly, I missed Xerneas and Raids. So I have Noveltal, but not the fairy deer. Back to Gibble Community Day, I got 29 shinies, my personal best, and about 1,700 candy. I got one 15, 15, 10 shiny Gibble, which is going to be my mega. Nice. That's a really good IV set for a shiny. Also got a 96% one, but sadly, not shiny. Yeah, <laughs> that's the rule of thumb with shinies. They can't be good. I almost hit level 37 but I'm only about 300,000 experience left. And that's very nice. Good for you. That's awesome. Question time. At what level do you start getting XL candy? The answer is 40. And what is your favorite starter Pokemon? I wish you all shiny vibes. Keep doing what you're doing and never stop from Theo, the Pokemon lover. All right, Kyle, favorite starter Pokemon. 
Base evolution or final? I, I think it's starter Pokemon, so the base. Uh, my answer is Cyndaquil, just happens to be also my relative all-time favorite, so. If we're only talking about the base form, is a tie between Rowlet and Scorbunny. If we include the full line, then Rowlet wins hands down because I love Decidueye. Decidueye is sweet. It has a great name, too. Yep. Yeah. Great Pokemon. Great answers. Thank you for the email, Theo. Next email is from Stefan. They said, hi, Chris and Kyle. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Doing pretty good. My name is Stefan from the Netherlands. I started the game in summer 2016 and then took a break until January this year. Now I'm playing almost every day and made it from level 11 to level 39 since January. Whoa. Good progress. Since a few months ago, I found out that you guys were doing a podcast about Pokemon Go, and I've been listening every week since. Last Sunday, Gable Community Day, I only had time to play about one or two hours. My goal was to catch maybe one or two shiny. After starting at 11, I caught my first shiny Gibble at 11.01. Only four encounters in. Nice. My question, do you think the spawn rate for shiny Gibble was higher than in other community days? In my short window of playing, I caught 23 shinies, even having three times where I had back-to-back shiny encounters. Keep it up with the podcast. You have a big fan overseas. All the best, Stefan. I will say, I have noticed a lot of people reporting that they caught like two or three back to back. But I do think it is just anecdotal evidence in the grand scheme of things. And in all the things that I've seen, nothing suggests it was different than the standard one in 25 that we're used to now. Yeah. I don't believe it was boosted. I don't believe any of that is the case. And and for the anecdotal evidence, (laughs) <laughs> that people might point to people will post if they got back-to-back shinies people will not post if they got normal shiny encounters yeah exactly that said every few community days you do got to win the coin toss mm-hmm. and you get all of your shinies when you want them you know but next community day you may find five shinies in your first five hours right you know so- and then get 10 more in the last 30 minutes you never mm-hmm. know Sometimes luck shines on you and you slip behind a stairway and you get one more than the person you were competing with that's standing right next to you also behind that stairway in an indoor mall. His name is also Kyle and you got one more shiny than him. Did I mention that? Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, So close. (laughs) Thanks for the email, Stefan. I appreciate any opportunity to bring that back up again. Uh, This next one's from Hugo. Hi, Chris and Kyle. Yo, what up? Just finished, wanted to share my Gibble Community Day adventure. For this Community Day, I decided to try quick catching for the first time. Welcome to the fold! (laughs) My only goal for this Community Day is to get a perfect Gibble. When the clock struck 5pm, I decided to check the IVs of the Gibbles I caught. Literally the second to last Gibble that I caught for the day was a perfect 100%. I played for the whole 6 hours, so there were times when I thought, maybe this is enough Gibble. (laughs) as it was very tiring to play for hours. I also had to clear my Pokemon storage a few times and was running out of Pokeballs, but I am glad that I did not give up and played all the way through, 
overall, I caught 939 gibble. I am very surprised. Didn't expect quick catching could cause this. And 34 of them are shiny. A lot of the gibble I caught had very good IVs too. So I now have a full team of Garchomps comprised of 100%, 398%, and 296%. I guess the moral of the story is don't give up. As who knows, the next encounter will be the Pokemon you want. P.S. Regarding Adventure Sync rewards, if you reach the 50 kilometers and only have one egg space, you will get the 10 kilometer egg first. Just wanted to correct that from the last episode. I do try to reach 50 kilometers every week and save one egg space for that 10k egg. That's all for me. You cannot wait to hear your community experience next episode. Shundo vibes for everyone. Yes, that correction was also called out by somebody in our community, too, I believe, right? Yeah, so someone someone did uh, post the correction, but thank you for writing in with it, too, because I totally forgot to mention it earlier. Yeah, I also forgot. So quick correction. If you qualify for the 5K and 10 kilometer Adventure Sync eggs, it will prioritize the 10 kilometer if you only have one slot over the 5K. And we thought it would be the 5K. So it is the 10K. So don't you worry. But thank you for the email there, Hugo. Appreciate it. Last email from Mitch. And he said, what up, Chris Bro and Kyle King? Oh, I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> but you you got the you got the shelter hat and I got the shelter pants. I uh, yeah. Okay. I'm feeling very uh very um uh slow. Slow. <laughs> I'm feeling very slow. Hooray for yellow headed slowpoke. Blonde slowpoke. <laughs> No, blonde Doug Trio. True. Slowpoke just painted its head. <laughs> I'm going to visit my wonderful girlfriend in Minnesota this weekend. I'm very excited to play Pogo at the Mall of America. I think I'll even finally get a chance to teach her the ins and outs of Go. Yahoo. Good luck. <laughs> Hopefully she's still your girlfriend by the end of that trip, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I had a wonderful time seeing you guys at the Chicago Botanic Gardens for Gibble Day. For me, the heat ended up being not so bad, and the beautiful scenery sweetened the deal to make a whole delicious meal of a community day. I predict Tepig in July. What do you guys think? Don't see why not. I want the fossils. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm going to keep saying it until it happens, and then I can say, ha, see, I told you. That's just a, a hard left. Yeah, give me give me Bastion on a Kranidos. Give me them both. <laughs> and also give me enough time to actually request both days off if you do a Saturday and a Sunday again. If they do shield on Kranidos next month, I'll cry. I'll there's, just there's there's no chance just because but if they is also next did, month. If they did, I'll just make a string of social posts just hailing you as the <laughs> as the seer that you are. <laughs> If I said I wasn't nervous for goals, I would be lying. Old goals. 50 shiny gibble. Oh my god, no. 34. Remind me to never challenge Chris ever again. Yeah, baby! To be fair, I challenged you. <laughs> I mean, no, he, he put that there because he knew you'd try to one-up him. True, true. 750k dust total. Nope. 450k. I have a problem. 1 million experience. Oh man, way more than that. 125 million as of right now. About 3 million over the weekend. Yahoo. Wow. I'm jealous. New goals. 100 gold battle league battles. 750k dust total. 
296XL Bunnelby Candy. Wait, Mitch, you didn't tell us how much you currently have. <laughs> Hopefully he tells us next week. Yeah, it, it has been spawning fairly frequently, so that's why I'm curious. I bet you he has a fair few. Thanks for another amazing episode, y'all. Shiny vibes all. Mitch cooks gravy. Well, Mitch, I would say it was quite incredible to spend some time with you for community day. And I'm sorry that the heat scared some of us away to a different location, but I'm happy to hear that it did not bother you as much. Um, And the the Botanic Gardens, the Chicago Botanic Gardens are an amazing place to play. If you live in the area or you happen to be in the area for some reason, uh, I would recommend checking it out. It's a great place. It's a great place to play Pokemon Go as well. But thanks for such a, a, a fun challenge on Gibble Community Day. It was a lot of fun talking some smack back and forth, friendly as it was. And thank you for your email. Looking forward to hearing from you again next week and in the interim, I'd imagine. All right. That's the end of the email section. Kyle, if uh, people want to send us an email, they can do so by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 262-586-7717. We do play voicemails on the show when you send them in. It's a lot of fun. You can visit our website for all things GoCast Podcast. That's at gocastpodcast.com. Seems pretty self-explanatory. You can follow us on Twitter at GoCast Podcast. If you'd like to help support the show monetarily and gain access to our patron community, you can do so via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash GoCast Podcast. And while we're discussing patrons, shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons, Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zekwalker, Andrew, Chad, Robert, Laurie, Sforts, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Jabril, and Tish. Thank you so very, very much. For your generous support, we appreciate you uh, helping us keep the digital lights on and such. And we got three five-star reviews since the last time we've done reviews. This first one is from Sako underscore H. Best overall Pogo podcast available, especially with a dedicated PvP section with separate experts that include a female. Not too news heavy and finds the right balance for an overall fun and enjoyable listen. Thank you very much. And I've already passed this this great feedback along to our PVP corner friends. Uh, and in particular, thank you for highlighting DeFi. She really puts a lot of effort into her play and her representation in the community. So it's great to see some recognition for her as well. This next one is from Lushkin. I absolutely adore this podcast from its funny jokes to its nitty gritty info of brand new events. I don't know about that first part, but the second part for sure. (laughs) This podcast is incredible for newer players to get to grips with all the ins and outs of the game. It's also great for older players who already know that stuff too. It's community is just too friendly and nice emailing and answering the poke poll, a weekly question asked to listeners. It's so nice. I'm even contemplating becoming a patron. Keep up the awesome work. Kryle shiny vibes. All. Boss Galler Gamer. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you very much for that very kind review. Uh, you're, you're too you're too kind. And the last one is, and I'm I'm kind of embarrassed for him. Cook <laughs> cooks gravy. <laughs> Mitch, it took you this long, buddy. Oh, come on, man. Truly the best go podcast out there. Outstanding community and generally positive attitude about this game that brings people together. Love you guys. We love you too, Mitch. But why did it take you so long to leave us? I'm just kidding. Just, just giving a hard time. <laughs> um, if you'd like to help support the show, but monetary support isn't the route for you, you can leave a review just like these people did here. And thank you again to the three of you that did. Um, if Just leave a review for free. It takes two seconds. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, things like that that actually have review infrastructure 
please do. It helps us out immensely. Spotify, I'm looking at you. I'm going to say this every week. Kyle's looking for a fossil community today. I'm looking for reviews in Spotify. We know what we want. Come on, universe. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Speaking of things we want, the last thing we got to do here today, Kyle, is set some goals and then it's free and easy for the rest of the evening. So yeah. what are you thinking about accomplishing uh, before next week? Friendly reminder that there is a raid weekend between here and there. Gonna roll over my 45 go bad league matches again. Okay. Gonna gonna hatch some eggs because I have I have a lot of poker coins. 55 55 eggs 55 eggs nice and uh, i guess i'm gonna try again for the shiny registeel hopefully there's more people doing the raids over the weekend Alrighty, sounds good to me just those three yep just those three this week all right 45 gbl 55 eggs and the shiny registeel Alrighty, got you on lock for that. For myself, I want to get to 10.5 million experience within the level I'm currently at. I think I'm at 9.6, something like that. So like 900,000. So there you go. I want to hit 6.25 million Stardust. It's what I didn't hit last time. So I've got to get like, you know, 200,000 and some change Stardust this week. 25 GBL matches again. So five full sets. Any shiny Reggie, I don't care which one it is, any of them, just give me one, please, and finish the Slowpoke collection challenge. The only thing I have left is to do a Galarian Slowpoke. I just haven't seen a raid for it yet. So. I, I got I got invited to do one while we were recording, and I, I did it. Oh, you rude dude, man. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm, I missed out. I missed one earlier today as well. <laughs> By the time I saw the pop-up, it was gone. I was like, oh, gosh darn it. So anyway. We've got our goals for next week, and I guess we'll talk to you then to see how it all kind of how it all kind of works out. Thanks for listening all the way through. See you next week for episode one forty nine. Bye bye. Bye. bye.